Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and close your eyes and imagine a world without Isekai, a planet far, far away from Earth and video games and sword art online, where the fantasy genre hadn't been co-opted into Isekai. Maybe you're on a nice distant planet, there's a nice neighbour there, they've got a detached house and a garden, and as you get to know them, you find out they weren't actually born here, but they came from another world. Then open your eyes and scream, because no genre is sacred. On that time, I started a podcast to read trash manga with my friends. And actually, most of them were trash, but some of them weren't. AKA, the Trash Manga Friends Podcast Try. Episode 41, the Trash Manga Reincarnation Games, All Japan Isekai Battle Tournament. You know the drill by now. This is the show where three people discuss two volumes of one trash manga, dissecting what's good, what's bad, what's trash, and what needs to be fired out of a cannon into the sun. I am your forever host and Pratchetier Sean, joined by Gator Mike and Brown Coat Phil. How are you both? Yeah, your coat's brown. I, I'm. I believe that was a Firefly reference, Mike. I know it was, but it's but it's still funny. I'm, I'm more impressed brown. Sean can make one of those. <laughs> yeah, Sean doesn't do TV all that much. All, all right, all right. You want to start this? I watched like four whole first episodes of TV the other day, so oh, damn. I'll have you know four. Four. Wow, that's exactly. That's, wow, that's uh, that's like four more than usual. <laughs> that is four more than you. It's like eight more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> it's movies is the one you don't really get. You don't get movies like I. Okay. It's both, to be fair. It, it is, but more movies than TV. I find. I I've gotten better at movies over the past few years since coming to uni and being mm-hmm. up here with you guys. I've gotten better at it. But uh, no, I'm still not. But like, you can easily go. Hey, have you seen? This famous, like I think me and Phil were talking earlier, like I've not seen Godfather, for example. Sure. I mean, Godfather's forgivable because the thing is like 40 years old or something. Uh, so you I, tell I, that I to a movie buff. Oh, sure. Yeah, like if you're into movies, you should watch The Godfather, but if you're not, then you can skip it. Like, yeah, it's good, but meh, it's not going to change your life. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but there you go. To be fair, the awkward one for me was there's no real... T- like word for Discworld fans, so I'm like, well, uh, I guess I'm a Pratchett one then. Okay, sure, sure. Because it's, it's easy enough to find ones for Stargate and Firefly, but Pratchett, no. <laughs> I like Stargate. Stargate's pretty great. You do. The only reason that Mike got it and not Phil is because Mike used to keep me up until like two or three in the morning because all I could hear through the wall or ceiling <laughs> was the Stargate theme playing endlessly. Yeah, um, there was this period of time where, before the period of time when me and Sean lived with each other, there was this period of time where he lived with someone else, who also watched the entirety of the of the Stargate show from end to end. They did, and then he moved out of that house and moved in with me, and I started doing it. So Sean was just plagued with da 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 da. That's uh, coming back <laughs> for multiple years in a row. <laughs> the, the worst part is because I've said the odd episode of Stargate, and I think it's a good show. I would it's love to watch show. it one day, but you two gave me such a complex, <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Just skip the intro; you'll be fine. <laughs> I I just couldn't. I have all the DVDs. If you want to borrow those, <laughs> remember DVDs, guys. Oh, I mean, to be, in Stargate's case, I wouldn't even know. Do they still do that stupid Stargate streaming service, or did that die? I have no fucking clue. I'm guessing it died. I have not honestly no idea. Yeah, fair. So, you know, I'll watch it one day, but <laughs> many years. <laughs> I'm at the point now where I've gotten over it, so maybe soonish. 
Uh, oh man, then I could talk about Stargate with someone instead of you could talk about it with Phil. No, no, no one likes Phil. God, wow, oh, that's fair. I don't like <laughs> Phil. Oh, he's got a brown coat. He does. He browned himself. <laughs> that's the level we're going for today, is it? <laughs> what do you mean today? This is my level of humor. Just sitting here uh, laughing really at is. my own poop jokes. I, it's not where I was expecting a poop joke to come from, I must admit, but here we are. <laughs> it only comes from one place. I don't know, I've seen that episode of House. <laughs> there is, that also does happen in an episode of House, yes. I don't even... Okay. Someone no. poops out their mouth. Someone poops out their mouth. I am glad that I apparently forgot that episode. It's called Reverse Parastasis. House is one of the few episodes I have seen. Few episodes, one of the few shows I have seen all of. Uh, yes, there was only one episode of House. <laughs> Famously so. <laughs> <laughs> one long episode. Ah, uh, I mean, there was only one episode of Firefly, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, That's actually very unfair to Firefly. <laughs> it, it is, because they are all actually really good episodes. <laughs> yeah, they all feel really unique as well. Uh, shall we uh, do start Lights, Camera, Action on this episode of Trash Manga Friends? I'd honestly rather continue talking about Firefly and Stargate. Well, tough shit. So, this time around, we have covered Reborn as a Space Mercenary. I woke up piloting the strongest starship. A.K.A. Jesus Christ, Phil. <laughs> Mezumatara Saikyosobi to Uchizen Mochi Data no De Ikodate Mezashite Yohei Toshite Jiyu Ni Ikitai. Gesundheit. Thank you. Uh, funnily enough, when they translated that into English, they looked at the back half of that and went, that's not relevant, cut it. <laughs> so, uh... Because it references a plot point that you don't need in the title. This is a sci-fi and, as you may have guessed for the intro, isekai manga. Mm -hmm. uh, the light novel version started in July 2019. The manga version started shortly after in November 2019. Uh, it's written by Ryuto, who has done a couple of other isekais, which I have never heard of. And the art is by Shinichi Matsui. Uh, I believe this is their only work. This has been licensed by Seven Seas, both versions, light novel and manga. So you can pick up two volumes of the light novel right now and the first volume of the manga. Volume two comes out next month in December. No anime adaptation or anything like that yet, but I uh, would bet on there being one in the next year or two, more than likely. This seems good anime fodder. But uh, what exactly is the long series with a long name all about? Phil, why don't you, why don't you tell us about Reborn as a Space Mercenary? Sure, if I have to. Which you do. This is a sci-fi isekai and follows our protagonist, Sato Takahiro, or as he prefers to go in his new life, Hero. That's Captain Hero to you. Cap Captain Hero, sure, alright. I mean, Captain's a rank or a title rather than his name, but sure. We follow his life as he is a mercenary captain in space, seemingly in his favorite online game. I mean, that's essentially it, but there is also a very, very important part of the story, which right. is... Right, uh, oh, is this the part that Sean said the omitted from the title? Well, it's, it's the, the very important part of the story is that he's just a regular, everyday guy in the real world. He has a boring job, and the only solace he has is in this one online 
multiplayer game that he plays called right. Sol, where he Mike. is a captain of a right, Mike, spaceship. Mike, Mike, we're discussing the manga, not you. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I feel like that that's more further discussion rather than the premise of the manga. You're you're straight up going into backstory here, Mike. No, no, it's totally the premise. That's what happens in chapter it's one. The, it is what happens in chapter one. I'm totally not totally premise. <laughs> Look, all right, they went, we want to do an isekai, but everyone does wow, so let's do Eve. <laughs> yeah. No, not not on spreadsheets either. for Eve. I, also <laughs> correct, yeah. True. I will never understand the level of complexity that goes into high-level Eve play. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I just like pressing buttons. Not that I've ever played Eve, granted. But yeah, this, uh, this regular old everyday guy even has an office job and everything. I mean, in a nice way, if you live in Japan... You probably have an office job. probably yes. have an office job if you... Like, there's a reason why it's considered the everyman job. <laughs> the salary man. He's a step above a lot of the protagonists, because he's not a neat, he's not a weeaboo, or sure, anything sure. like that. Sure, he, he's technically not a neat. He, he does indeed have a job, but from the four panels of flashback to his, air quote, real life, like, don't get me wrong, one step above. I'm not saying, like, he's <laughs> the Chad MC. <laughs> I, I don't know. The way he gets portrayed in this, he's, he's pretty Chad MC. <laughs> well, NEAT for the uninitiated. N-E-E-T is an acronym. I don't remember what it stands for. Not in education, employment, or training. Ah, right. Well, that then, yes. Essentially, it means a... a Basically, it means you don't fuck all with your life. Yes, but he's not that, because he's totally making something of himself, in so much as he's a guy who worked in an office. He had a job, yeah. Yeah, so he's in education and or employment. He is in employment, yes. Yes, as I said, he's a step up. <laughs> yeah, he actually so has a job. Just the way it is portrayed, his life was go to work, come home, play game. Oh, no, I'm not saying he was living a happy life, don't get me <laughs> wrong, but you know. <laughs> oh yeah, he's clearly unhappy with his life, which is, you know, I don't think it was necessary he was unhappy, it was just he was bored. He lives a grey life, I guess, or a beige life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at one point they actually say something like that, don't they? Uh like Did he I? lives a Yeah, something like um I'm living a grey life or something, but grey means something else in context. I don't remember that, but hot damn. It's go. like a one line thing, I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, she says he's living a grey life or he's done living his grey life when he becomes a yeah, it sounds captain, about right. Something like that. Yeah, um, it's not really that important. No. What is important, we get denied Truck Senpai. There is no <laughs> yeah, Truck Senpai. There is no Truck Senpai, and there's no Truck Senpai allegory unless he just, like, has a heart attack and dies, because... Say, we, we actually don't know how he came here. It's yeah, just... he just went he to bed went one to day. sleep and woke up. <laughs> this could all be a dream. Carbon monoxide. <laughs> also that could be that. Maybe a meteorite hit the planet. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe, like, later on, like, uh, hundreds of chapters later, he happens across a planet which looks very much like Earth, but a giant meteorite has hit it and annihilated all of Japan. I, I was going to say, that does sort of raise a point here. I'm pretty sure he says he is in the Sol system at one point. He's, yes, he's very, ish. very clearly not. Not our galaxy, is what you're saying. It's not, it's no, because the Sol system is our, our solar system. Oh, right. Because yeah, our sense. star is Sol. Yes, okay, yes. I, I didn't pick up on that, but I can believe that. Yeah. 
but he also does say at one point that he can't find certain galaxies from the game. So yeah, um, I was going to mention that a bit later, but yeah, it's um, I assumed when because the game he plays is called Sol. No, it's called Stella Online. Sol, yeah. Eve, yes, Eve. <laughs> so I assumed they were just using the term in place of standard fantasy name here. It would be a little weird. It's like calling your fantasy world Britain. But it's, you know, it's been done, actually, <laughs> quite a lot. in. Ha- uh, no, no, they, they're like Britannia. It's very yeah. different. <laughs> this is kind of my point. That's what I thought they were going for. Oh, Code Geass. Ah, uh, they're not just Code Geass. It's the most famous one, but... <laughs> to be fair, Code Geass was Earth. It was just yes. alternate history Earth, where With robots. Britannia actually did end up continuing the great british empire lives on so if the great british empire lived on we'd have giant robots and psychic powers by now yeah at least and like a really depressing ending or a really happy one depending on the way you look at it (laughs) sure yeah i guess the evil is vanquished everyone lives happily ever after the end (laughs) hey guys let's talk about code geass for a while that's uh (laughs) <laughs> that's a different episode I mean we could read one of those uh, spin-offs, I'm quite happy to do that uh, sure, maybe one day but this manga I'm done being kind to it so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not so I will say uh, compared to some of the isekais we've done here this one actually does call back a bit more to the fact that he's a who-man who played this game than some of the ones we've covered do, like unlike say last week's where we didn't even know it was an isekai this one, it's clearly an isekai, and there's clearly callbacks to him using skills that he's picked up in the game and wanting things from his time on Earth, like his obsession with carbonated drinks for some reason. <laughs> I did like Because he's like a that. pro gamer, Sean. He just drinks nothing but Coke all day while he's slaying noobs. Don't do that, kids. You'll fuck your teeth up. Something it is specifically Coke as well. It's not cake or anything. <laughs> It's not like a knockoff, anime knockoff Coke. It straight up just says Coke on one of the bowls. I mean, that's because it's called Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's, it's right there. I mean, granted, it wasn't called Coca-Cola, but whatever. Close enough. <laughs> not legally, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I have a tremendous fondness for manga knockoff names of things. I just love how both inventive and lazy they are simultaneously. It's fantastic. Well, no wonder you hate this one. There wasn't any in this one. I know, it was terrible. We should, we should get you to read um, The World of God Only Knows. Why, is there loads in that? Were, were there parodies in that? Every game console he played, Sean. Uh, okay, sure, right. Oh man, did he uh, play on the play system? He, he played on the PFP and the Y-Box. The Y-Box. The... <laughs> N- Nintendo Swatch. <laughs> before it's time that one <laughs> oh yeah sort of stuff to that effect sure so do you have anything else nice to say about this because uh... oh, i have lots of nice things i can say <laughs> about this mike but go on you're clearly desperate to start tearing at a shred so have that okay okay i i liked the premise of this more than your standard isekai because it is different in in the sense it's sci-fi rather than fantasy yes Yes, in that one single sense yes and crazily enough sometimes that's enough to make something at least fresh (laughs) yeah i i really wish it wasn't but that's where we are right now because it's really not easy to find an isekai which 
isn't fantasy based with your magic and stuff. But like as soon as you do that, as soon as you like realize that this is sci-fi, they just start shotgunning isekai tropes at you regardless. Yes. Like it, it does not matter that it's sci-fi ultimately. Sure don't. It's just okay. We're in this guy. Oh, all right. We're in space. Oh, that's new. Yeah, but you're the strongest person. You're super rich. We've got a ranking system. It's like, oh, come on. He, he becomes an, adv- I mean, mercenary. He joins the mercenary guild, not the adventurers guild. He gets a harem. Oh, come uh, on. No, no, Mike, specifically, he pays money to free people. And they join his crew. Oh, we've never seen that before. I've never, never seen people <laughs> paying money for other people. Oh, <laughs> made myself sad. <laughs> I mean, I guess this this harem does have one key difference. I mean, they're actually a harem. Yeah, <laughs> he, he actually fucks them. <laughs> can, I, can I just? Say- that's perhaps the part that bothers me the most. Here. I was going to say <laughs> after our discussions on Black Summoner, this is like in Black Summoner, I was. All right with it as we went into the episode. This one, it's even more like. <laughs> the thing for me is like, I, it's not so much the fucking part that bothers me. It's just the fact that it's literally, like, right away. It's just literally like, oh, here I have paid your debt, and then that night it's just like, and then they fucked. It was, yeah, it wasn't even like, like that. It's even know. worse than it, your it is but... because uh, he has a shower, or she has a shower, and she's like. Oh my god, these are such nice things that he's now because he's now freed me, I can have. And then he goes for a shower and she walks in in like this teddy underwear thing and then starts panicking because she doesn't want to do the sex and they do it anyway. So basically, one of the other characters, one of the other female characters is like, well, if he's paying your debt, it can only be for one thing. So <laughs> whisper, 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 you're going to bang him. Whisper, whisper. Well, to be fair, they, they do straight up say that's one of the reasons someone would do that. It's like, oh, yes, you might, yeah, sure. you might do it for night service. And it's like, <laughs> all right, you can call it whatever you want. Sure. But then, yeah, it's like the real awkwardness of it. Like They come in, they're clearly not, this isn't like what their go-to <laughs> plan for the night was. And they kind of, but they still do it. And it's like, uh, I can I can understand being so grateful that someone has saved your life that you just get the major horn going i get that okay but that's not what's happening here <laughs> no <laughs> so the first girl that is uh mimi yeah mimi bit weird but it's kind of a bit all right whatever then then it happens again with um elma yeah elma yeah the space elf space elf yep and that one bothers me because it happens, and the things he's like, wait, this is all a misunderstanding, except he doesn't tell her that until after the fact. Yeah, uh, also, for the record, she's a 58-year-old elf girl that looks like 13, 14. I mean, sure, but that's standard anime. Like, Sure, but it is straight up some 10,000 lolly girl shit. 10, I don't think lolly it's quite shit. that bad. It's not that bad, but it is. Uh, elves are like portrayed as having like the whole... I'm not letting it go. Lifespan. I'm, I'm, not I'm not saying go. you have to, but I'm saying like that's standard elf depiction. I don't care that it's standard. Just it's standard doesn't make it okay. I, I was more going for, I don't think she looks 13, 14. Don't get me wrong. She looks young. 
Mm. She does not look 50. Well, the manga also takes great time to uh, and effort to point out her childlike body. Uh, does it? Yeah. It makes a joke about she's flat-chested. It doesn't really go uh, childlike yes. body. <laughs> like, she is... She You've is, drawn a uh, bit too much into that one there, I feel, buddy. <laughs> petite and flat-chested, and she's also got the the standard I'm I'm angry, but frankly, uh, non-threatening thing going on. It's a thing. It's a thing, and it's it's definitely you mean a thing. Sun in this. There, what? <laughs> no, I can't. I I'm at a loss here. It's it's like the whole. I'm gonna get angry at you, but it's cute because I'm doing it because you're not threatened by me. I don't know what that's called, but it, yeah, non-threatening. Uh, sure, sure. I, sure. I feel I feel you're drawing a bit too much from this character here. Mike. I'm probably <laughs> doing uh, that, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> no. To be fair, that whole uh, situation is then compounded later on with a scene where he's crying because he was like, "Oh, I thought you girls were only hanging out with me because you know I paid your debts," and then they have a threesome. So, uh, <laughs> did. This doesn't make you clever or other like trying to avoid the point. It just makes it more. Uh, this elf girl we're talking to in particular is um, essentially the first mainstay character that we get properly introduced to. Because man himself, he wakes up on the ship in the middle of space, gets attacked by pirates, and immediately knows how to, how to defeat them. Immediately. Because he's played the game before. He's, he's played though... the game, and the controls are remarkably the same as the game. Impossible, but okay. This sure. is, yeah, this is something I want to bring up. Like... So I can get for some mediums how a skill at the game can translate into a skill at real life. Like, for mm -hmm. example, if you play Gran Turismo at a high level with like a steering wheel and such. Yes, yeah, so with all the proper equipment. Yeah, yeah, and they have actually done competitions where people who are at the top of Gran Turismo, they give them like they give them a day in the real racing car to see how they fare. I get that, but the mouse and keyboard doesn't translate to I'm great at Microsoft Flight Simulator. I mean, maybe you play with a joystick. Yeah, but then it still doesn't translate to actually flying in space, dealing with space-based G-forces. Have you ever flown a spaceship, Mike? No, but I know the basic science of it. <laughs> like, that doesn't work that way. Assuming flying a spaceship is more like, again, like flying in a cop and being in a cockpit trading thing rather than a mouse sure. and keyboard. <laughs> but not only that, but he, he, like, he completely destroys these, this armada of space pirates. Okay, Armada's a bit of a stretch. This 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 party of like space three ships yeah, or something. Like three ships, yeah. oh. That's the thing. I could be a bit more believing once you get past the controls issue. I'd be a bit more believing because again, because he's the super special. His ship is the super special. I was about yeah. to say his his ship's apparently super great for no no explained reason. It's just for no explained reason. It doesn't actually exist in this universe, even though it's based off of the game mostly. Oh no, because yes. he's not actually in the game, Sean. Because we said no. like, the, there's all those differences, like those galaxies that don't exist. Yeah, this this is a thing I do need to take a moment to talk about because it annoys the fuck out of me. Because it's he's clearly been transported into this game, but not everything's the same. So it's just enough excuse the writer needs to be able to pull stuff out of his ass. Whereas like if everything's the same, then he could be using prior knowledge from before that to be like, I know where the pirate's hideout is, it's there. Because I played the game. Whereas now it's like, I don't know anything. I'm pulling it out of my ass as I go. It just annoys the hell out of me. That's not the part that bothers me so much. The part that bothers me is 
he immediately recognizes it's not the same as the game, mm-hmm. and yet proceeds to do everything as though it's the game. Yes. Like, the big thing, which I'm not going to say yet, because we'll get to it, is the ending fight. There's that whole yeah. thing. The sheer assumption that was going to work is some pretty ballsy thing. It's also just he interacts with everything from the get-go with utmost confidence. There is no, holy shit, I'm in space. Yeah, he, he just he just accepts it. Everything, yeah. He's like, oh, I've got these rare materials. I guess I'll sell those, which I know how to do. And now I'm a millionaire immediately. <laughs> I'm more forgiving of that because, like, if it is clearly the same universe, even if some bits are changed, you couldn't make broad stroke assumptions. Like, you could drop me on another Earth and I could still make broad stroke assumptions about, you know, economy and buying things and stuff. I think that analogy falls down a bit when you are taken from your everyday office salaryman life and are dropped into a space battle. Oh, sure. But I've also not played EVE Online for a decade and I'm not in the top 10 players of EVE Online. I See, I never got the idea that this guy was supposed to be like the proest of the gamers. There's literally a panel where they say he's in top 10. Uh, to be fair, it doesn't say he's in the top 10 for this game. It's just for a game. All right. Okay. Okay. No, it's for this game. Okay. Uh, it says a game, Mike. It does in the translation we read not explicitly say it's for Stellar Online, but it's... it's. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. If it's, if it's an allegory for EVE, then there's no way. Because <laughs> you wouldn't have time in your life to be top 10 at EVE and do something else. And, and have an actual job. Yeah. Well, people, well, people play Eve like professionally. That that is their job. Yeah. That's what I was well, say. That's what, if you're going, I'll get into Eve now. Nah, you're too late. Yeah. <laughs> you're not too late, but <laughs> you got an uphill battle. Also, don't don't get into Eve. Shit's scary. <laughs> like I, I remember reading a thing like two clans had a fight. Five million dollars wiped from the economy. It's like. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. It's fascinating reading about Eve. Maybe that's why this author made this series because, yeah, Eve is a fascinating thing to look upon yeah. as like an experiment. Just one of the YouTube ads you get for it is uh, someone saying like, "Hey, when there's a war out in the in space, I I love that because I profit from it." And that's the kind of mindset you have to go into. It, it really is, yeah. Yeah, like, dude just, like, in the adverts, like, yeah, I'm a straight-up war profiteer, what of it? <laughs> and, I mean, so's our guy, in fairness. Captain Hero, like, he sees, like, art, oh, time to now make money, literally, is yep. what he says. Which I get, but, uh, uh. So when this guy rocks up to a, a, a space station to sell his goods and stuff, he once again has another shotgunning of shit just handed to him. <laughs> Because he gets um, arrested, essentially, for not having any kind of ID or anything like that, operating as an unlicensed mercenary, essentially. And then they're like, meh, let him go. Fine. And then he get he finds someone who conveniently just tells him how to operate in this world, even though everyone should know this. No, his, his memory's hazy from the accident he claims he had. Sure. Heaven forbid someone help you, Mike. God, what a horrible person just being <laughs> like, let me help. You look confused. Okay. No, would, in Mike's America, everyone's like, nah, fuck it. You could die on your own. I would agree with your outrage there. 
But this same character who helps him immediately walks past this other person getting attacked later. Like, ah, it's not worth it. What makes you think this guy's worth it, but this other one isn't? It's like, what the fuck? It's inconsistent. He's not being beaten up by like four or five other people and presumably about to be raped, which is pretty much what happens. Sure, it's inconsistent. Also, presumably not in decks. I'm assuming that was what she picked up on. Like, yeah, yes, that's this is what happens to people who are horribly in debt. You're gonna have to sort that out. Not, not to, not to, you know, be mean spirited about it or anything. I, that's not the right term, but whatever. But there's a difference between you might approach someone who's looking confused in the middle of the street to be like, "Oh, hey, can I help? Wait, what you're looking for?" As opposed to if someone's in an alleyway with about five other people, you might go, "Yeah, no, I like, I like living. I'm gonna leave that be." Well, the protagonist does, so he's clearly better than you. Yes. That's the whole point. That's why he's the protagonist. And he gets a slay employee out of it. Friend with benefits. Definitely with benefits. Friend employee with a benefits package. <laughs> oh, she gets a package, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Aww. One thing I do like about this is that they find out that she has this massive debt, and then he, like, you know, goes to legal people and is like no you can't do that she's a minor you can't foist her oh christ she's a minor <laughs> <laughs> in my head up till now i've been like she's probably must be 18 to 21 but no they say in that yeah, conversation she's a minor. never be fair do they actually say she's a minor she's <laughs> she's inherited the debts they can't say you can't foist the debts on a minor or something into those effects or they try to argue. He tries to argue that because that's his sensibility. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can't put debts on them, but you can fuck them. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Maybe she inherited the debts years ago. I don't. I maybe. Like, it is implied she's had them for a while. So maybe it's not because I don't think they ever, at least in these two volumes, explicitly state her age. Unlike. Hero, who's 29, and Elmo, who's 53. They don't state a Mimi's age. Mm. Not that I recall, no. Which is, I don't know, good? I mean, if she's under 18, yes, probably for the better that they don't say that. <laughs> I don't know, I'd rather know. I feel like it's one of those things where if you just conveniently black out the part where someone's saying their age, it's like, yes, this is all fine totally legal honestly officer we didn't feel the need to mention it therefore it's fine or you know where someone just puts that nice little bit of text saying all all characters depicted are 18 or over (laughs) you you ain't fooling anyone with that one (laughs) that's how that's how you get out of jail free for visual novels like all characters depicted are 18 but they're in high school all characters depicted i mean no you, you can be 18 and in high school you can be like 15 in high school just be held back a few years (laughs) <laughs> you can, sure. But... Or teaching. Nah, my thing makes more sense. Okay. Because you can't wear the schoolgirl outfit if you're teaching. I mean, you can. I used to have a lecturer who would basically wear a schoolgirl outfit. It was it was weird. Good to know. <laughs> That's it. I'm not adding any more detail to that. I just turned up one day and like, oh, okay. That was a little weird. But yeah, it's... I don't like how... This is a thing with Isekai in general, not just with this. But I I hate how not only is everything fucking handed to this guy, 
but he's automatically the best at everything and there's all of the same trappings all over the place like he's immediately rich he's immediately some ridiculously high rank for a first timer no he's a, he's a bronze rank mike but he's like naturally talented is the point he's talented enough that he's probably gold or maybe platinum yes although like no no we can't make you that which is actually something that annoys me well admittedly there's actually the point when he's getting like tested this is when after he goes to this town he finds elmer and turns to takes him to the guild and they're they're assessing his rank and stuff and this is the part i d- actually didn't mind because they say he's like this really high rank for someone who's just walked in. He's like, no, oh, I didn't seem that difficult. Because they have him do it test in a simulator, which is essentially a video game. Yes. And that made, I mean, yes, it's not the same, but it made sense. It's like, oh, it actually makes sense he'd rank quite highly. Doesn't make sense that he'd be that good in in the real world, as it were. I'm going to throw a disagreement here, Mike, because the point of those sorts of simulators is to simulate the real thing. So it's not like playing a video game. It's like airplane simulator, like proper airplane simulator. It's like you've got the cockpit there. If pilots sure. trained and got like a te- like an A-star in the simulator and then immediately crashed the plane, they'd be like, well, the simulation's shit then, isn't it? <laughs> I would love it if... Uh, no, I'd hate it. It'd be awful. But... <laughs> Mike wishing death on people. <laughs> no, it's just like, you like, I'm going to take a view of the cockpit, because that's definitely still a thing you can do. And there's just a couple of Xbox controllers there. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I'm getting off this plane. <laughs> There's no way. I don't care if that is the best instrument for it. To be fair, I believe nowadays most like commercial planes are pretty much just done ninety percent through autopilot. I think it's pretty much everything bar landing and takeoff these days. Yeah, autopilot. Pretty much. Like the pilot only takes over if shit's going a bit wrong for some reason. Yeah, I- I've watched enough air crash investigation to know that shit goes wrong all the time you shouldn't fly anywhere you're essentially being catapulted to your death sure are and they should probably know what they're doing as well the pilots it ain't as easy as uh riding a bike or driving a car even i can't even drive a car i could probably fly a plane though i'll give it a go (laughs) give it a go right up to the point where it crashes yeah there's something one of my physics teachers told me that's always sort of stuck with me Mm -hmm. which is if you want to get something in geosynchronous orbit basically the whole point is you've got to position it and having it moving fast enough that essentially when it starts to fall down towards the earth it misses yeah that is how that works yeah orbiting stuff is forever falling it's just too fast to hit the earth you are always falling away from the earth yeah that's uh terrifying actually but terrifying uh, and beautiful i feel (laughs) sure it's just um Space is full of death, and as much as I am excited at the prospect of living on other planets, getting there is going to be basically impossible, because nope. I mean, I wouldn't be worried, buddy. Probably not in our lifetimes. Probably not, but... We're getting there, but I don't think yet. Although, side joke, whenever someone says something like, how would you like want to be buried, or like your funeral arrangements or whatever, I'd be like, I want to be catapulted into the sun. <laughs> That's a way to go right there. Fired out of a cannon into the sun. Yep. Yeah. The Futurama way. <laughs> Futurama way, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Episode one of Futurama. What if I don't want to do the job? Then you'll be fired. Great. Out of a cannon into the sun. <laughs> Why? <laughs>
more efficient at that point. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other science fiction which is more fun than this oh i mean so there is like one of the points where you ran on earlier that i do want to like touch on because it's one which i'm like in two minds on which is the whole so he gets arrested shot gas mm-hmm. because you know he's coming to the space station with no documentation and his ship doesn't exist on any records is, is he actually arrested or is he just being questioned i think he tries to sell his shit and they go this is very weird so i think it's arrested but, it does yeah. seem like an arrested thing. If it's a, not arrested, it's he's locked in a room and being questioned, and it's like this is, yes. <laughs> this is only going detained one way. for questioning. Yeah, I was say, you, that that can happen without being arrested. There is a very there is a distinction. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. I have once before been in like a police room being questioned, but it was because someone else had attacked me. God so damn rather criminal, than... Sean. Yep, that's me. I've lost the plot of what I was saying. Yeah, it was basically, so I'm in two minds about that, because on the one hand, it's like, well, sure, if we let him go, I think the the head of command, essentially, who's the other character, um, Serena, yeah, is like, well, we'll let him go, and he'll spend all his money here, which, in fairness, he then does. He then does, yeah. And also, it's a space, that, it's not like if you're on planet Earth, and you could bail, like, a hundred different ways, or run away, you can't really run away from a space station, you are kind of, it's like a quasi prison if that makes sense you're still you you need to get in a spaceship to get off yeah yeah so it's like we're letting him go but not really because he's still here i sure but if this thing but is i do agree on the flip fly. side it's you did some you clearly be like some shits up here because for all his i've got amnesia there was a hyperdrive accident it's that you'd still be like how come your ships never existed anywhere well, yeah, but that's the point, Sean. He can't answer it because he's got amnesia. He can't answer it, but their bloody database should be able to. <laughs> that whole plot point is fucking dumb because it's... He uses this whole idea of I've got... I had some sort of hyperdrive accident and I've got amnesia. <laughs> and it keeps working even though everyone says, yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> And even if it was a thing, they'd be like, oh shit, we gotta get you medical help. Or you gotta get medical help. They, no, it's not a thing in this universe. It's established pretty well it's not a thing in this universe. And everyone keeps just letting it go. And then when he gets to the Mercenaries Guild and they say, uh, why haven't you been registered before now? Because they say not being registered essentially makes you a pirate. Again, I don't know why you wouldn't be registered if you could just walk in and do it, but whatever. And they say he says oh yeah uh, uh, hyperdrive accident and their excuse is oh it's rude to look into a mercenary's past you're fucking what mate (laughs) no i don't mind that one for starters yeah scouts honor or that kind of logic of like we don't pry into other people's past kind of makes sense for their line of work no it doesn't yeah it does (laughs) like i can imagine like that kind of like quasi shady industry i can imagine very easily like they're like yeah we don't pry you've got all the details, you want to register, it's fine. I can believe that entirely. I I don't believe that the police would take that attitude, but I can imagine the mercenaries kill easily. Yeah. Plus it is also established beforehand with Elmer, who has a similar thing where it's like, what happened before you were a mercenary? And then it's like, mercenaries don't pry. Like, okay. So I'm not so bothered by that one. With the police, yes. With the mercenaries, eh, it's fine. Yeah, no, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it at all. It's... 
just it's annoying how easy this writer feels they can just shrug shit off and not explain anything properly. I'm not asking for reams of exposition. I don't want that at all. Nobody wants that. You infamously love exposition dumps. God, yes, I love it. <sighs> I, I mean, hey, even you have to admit, this one is never like an exposition dump or mechanic bloat. Mm, kind of is at times, when especially around the whole mercenary guild stuff. But if that's the only time it happens, then fine. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I'm not looking for an exposition dump. What I'm looking for is something to... Explain stuff without shrugging it off. You can absolutely show that without saying it. But the fact that they bring it up and then immediately shrug it off, it's it's painful to me. It's a painful read. It's just constantly coming up with new excuses to problems that they've invented. And there's no reason why they had to do it that way, apart from the fact that this is what all Isakaya like. They absolutely could have had this guy didn't have to have him just pop up in the middle of nowhere with all this stuff. He could have popped up at some point somewhere and then earned it. And then it would have been able to go into the story that way, having him having earned all this stuff. But no, they decided to have him pop into this universe with all of this shit, plus the utmost confidence to use it and no real barriers to him. Like essentially he's just given the, what he would consider to be a perfect life and he's perfectly capable of utilizing it to the maximum and no, it's, no, it's not his perfect life though mike is it not no as, as he establishes his perfect life is a <laughs> semi-detached house with a garden yeah that's the fucking thing that's in the title why like i don't oh my god like that's his goal and they they you, they bring it up at first as like a joke as like yeah. oh i can't get fizzy drinks but maybe if i go on an actual planet there'll be like a vending machine just like earth and i can buy a thing from there but then no, they just keep going with it and when i discovered that was in the title i was like jesus christ really i think it was more than just the coke i think it was the fact that he wanted actual meat and actual vegetables rather than the artificial ones they have on ships yeah that because that's another thing because it's w the weird like differences between our universe and this one where i can kind of get no like no meat like i can imagine on a space station you're going to be raising sheep as it were no, no vegetables is a bit more of a stretch because you surely have like bio chambers or such to raise that kind of stuff yeah especially because you know that would contribute to the air supply as well yeah, and then even more so, like, there's, like, no fizzy drinks. Those th That doesn't even seem to exist as a concept in this universe. And I'm like, you what? They do <laughs> vaguely give lip service to how carbonated drinks wouldn't work in space because of the do gravity. They? Yeah, there's, like, one line where he says, like, I guess they wouldn't work in space. He says, oh, wait, I think I remember something about how you can't have carbonized drinks in space. It, it is literally a speech bubble. Fair enough in that case, but yeah, it's like there are some like weird differences between our reality and the one he's in. I mean, the thing is, the thing that bothers me about that is, then, sure, you can't take it on your spaceship, I guess. Yeah. Assuming your spaceship, for some reason, loses pressure, in which case, how are you not dead? But <laughs> let's ignore that. You could just make it on the spaceship. Well, it... The way the reason why it wouldn't work is because of the gravity and the way liquid interacts with 
zero gravity environments. So because the gas would just leave the the liquid. And like that's fine, I get that, but there's no reason why as long as you've got actual simulated gravity why it wouldn't work. So why wouldn't it why wouldn't they have this on the space station? Like there's no moment in this series where people are floating in space going, "Oh no," and doing all the crazy space shit you see of people like having well, that, that's the thing as well. Like on on the space station, you could just have all the equipment and the ingredients there and just make it there. Yeah, I like so in in the nicest way, making a carbonated drink is just injecting like CO two, I think it is. Yeah, into yeah, pretty much. drink. What I don't understand, and maybe this is the a point I'm missing. I can imagine it is. The guy gets given this life of high. I was gonna say high fantasy, but specifically not high sci-fi. High sci-fi. Yep, and basically everything that he would could possibly want by comparison to his real life. And he's not he's really proficient, he's great at it. And all he wants to do is essentially go back to a slightly <laughs> he better version wants of his to own retire. life. Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what a fucking boring guy. He's like, I need a goal. My goal is I want to drink coke. To do <laughs> that, I need to live on a planet cuz that's probably where there's coke. So I need a house. <laughs> It's so stupid. It it is. I understand having a goal. Like it's a pretty common thing with like hardened military types to be like, I want to retire to a farm. Even Thanos wanted to retire to a farm. And it's like I get that, because it's like the peaceful life after your life of pain and violence and murder and what have you. I get that. That's a perfectly understandable motivation. But he just left that fucking life. And he's like, no, I want to go back, but be slightly more comfortable. <laughs> Aim high, dude. He didn't have a garden before. Exactly. Like a slightly nicer, more comfortable version of his old life. Fucking aim high. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, to be fair, well, let's believe that is aiming pretty fucking high, because apparently it costs a fortune of some the sort. The currency in this is weird. Gibberish. So yeah, it's so basically the currency of this universe is Enel. And one anal is 100 anal, yen. Yep. yep. So for our perspective, it's roughly one anal is uh, $1, <laughs> which is a uh, very good rate as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it makes you wonder what you're getting with it. <laughs> but then, yeah, because but then they make so many things at such X degrees of like numbers. Like the Mimi's there is 500,000 anal. So like 50 million yen or like you know half a million dollars sure and then oh you want to like when elmo grows up want her spaceship on one of the um the imperial Military. fleet as it were yeah she's charged three million and all which i'm like that's a bit okay no that one makes kind of sense they they, they act like that's overcharging but no i can believe three million there, there's also some more going on there which yeah oh no i'm I'm aware of that, but yeah, I could believe, even if there wasn't, I could believe that's a reasonable chart. And then sure. it's like, and houses are hundreds of millions. And I'm like, all right, hold up. Houses on planets specifically. Sure, but you know, d- don't get me wrong. There's obviously differences here between this and Earth, but you know, you're going to struggle to find a house that's more than seven figures on Earth. And in this universe, it's like, yeah, it's a hundred million dollars at least. Maybe, Sean. There's not that many habitable planets, so most people have to live on space stations. So a hundred million. So the housing market on actual planets is insane. Yeah, 
No, I, 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 I can it. believe that aspect. It's just in general, I think the money's a load of gibberish. The, the money is gibberish, as they often are in these they, things. They often are, but I feel particularly in this. Yeah, I don't know how um, the trans- like if it was translated properly or whatever, but generally speaking for Isekai, I believe wholeheartedly the reason why they get rich from day one of their existence in their new world is so they don't have to worry about that. Like, yeah, you can just afford everything, which is, in my mind, is stupid, but... Yeah, <laughs> it stops the plot having to necessarily be bogged because otherwise, a, like as we've said in some other series, a half the plot then becomes, well, I need money. How am I going to get money? And then that just becomes half the story. Whereas, yeah, they don't need to do that either. Sure, <laughs> no, don't get me wrong, but it like if if you just wave it away like that, then you never realistically have to worry about it. Like it's brought up a few times in this, but yeah. as as you've both mentioned, it's never really a concern because he has such a huge bank. So, the thing that just bothers me about this one in particular. It's because, as, he, as we said, his goal is buying a house, which we've been told is crazy expensive. And yet, we're told he is one of the most profiteering mercenaries ever because he's so amazing. So he makes millions of enel in a week. So actually, give him a month and he can probably afford the house. Yeah, I think it's they highlight that if he just went to essentially a more dangerous basis star system and where he started yes. basically. He would he would make bank, yeah. Well to be fair, the, there's also the thing they point out where it's like, yeah, at this point you could probably just like join the military and become a knight. Become a, a knight. A Fucking knight, Christ, yeah. knights really? Like uh I mean we still have knights, Sean. We don't have space knights. That that's because we don't have space anything, Sean. Exactly. I mean we also we do have knights, but there's no military rank of knight. There, there isn't, no, but who gives a shit what the military ranks are called, really? I, I don't really care, but like, yeah, it was the, uh, it's, once again, another isekai trapping. We've escaped fantasy. I didn't need to see the word knight. I'm getting yeah, flashbacks. If that's the bit that's bothering you. Bothering you. Well, you're not bothered <laughs> by the fact that uh, there was mention of uh, Marquis? Marcus? Mark, Mark, oh, Serena's the daughter of a Marquis. I yes. uh, that one less so because I imagine those people would still want titles like that in space. Uh, yeah, but the way it's presented is that oh, nobili- nobility is an actual thing that matters still. In Honestly, space. I'm just happy they didn't spend entire chapters on describing the nobility structure of this universe. Like, I'm I'm good for that forever. Because we've read so many manga where they just devote endless amounts of time to describing their nobility structure, and it makes no fucking difference. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you disagreed earlier, but like I said earlier, I don't feel this gets bogged down with like the world building or mechanic bloat or anything no, like I, that. I don't think it gets bogged down. I didn't mean to imply that. It's like, but it does do a, a few dumps here and there. Like, it still can't get away from it. It can't help itself. My attitude is it takes a chapter or two, mainly with Elmer, to establish everything. And then it pretty much just focuses on like going back and forth between space battles and daily life on the space station. Fucking. And that. <laughs> and fucking, yeah. I thought you were going somewhere with that, like, oh, fucking space battle. Nope, just fucking. No, no, just and fucking. And fucking, full stop. <sighs> and fucking, yeah. Although, to be fair, it, it it's pretty quick with that part. It's just <laughs> like, it, it's just like, and then they fucked. Moving and then on. They fuck. Like you don't. It once again. This is not porn. No, actually, it it to its credit, 
it's not generally there's suggested. some fan service shots uh only really around the fucking scenes otherwise yeah. it doesn't really even then not that much there's a there's a few boobs covered with sheets Oh, well, that's the thing. You get, like, post-coital scenes, but yeah, that's about as it is for fan service, really. Oh, and I guess when they walk in in lingerie, there you go, that's about it. Otherwise, they're just dressed like normal people in normal yeah, clothes. Normal people in a sci-fi. Normal people in space okay. clothes. They're, they're yeah. dre- you know what, I'll let you off with that one. Normal people in normal space clothes, sure. <laughs> Whatever because that means. Mimi in particular looks like she's about to join Kingdom Hearts with all the belts. <laughs> I was, I must, I don't know why. No, I think at one point there was one shot of Mimi, and I was like, "Oh God, she's going for Pyra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. <laughs> so it's just the fact that it's like here is her new outfit. It has about fifty belts just dangling off it from various parts. Oh God! So, all right, she's Japanese. I mean, I was going to go with she's Batman, but or that. No, Batman famously only has one belt. Yes, it has everything in it. Has a, yeah, it has everything on it slash in. But only the one belt. He has more pouches than a 90s superhero. He, he is a 90s superhero? Mm-hmm. No, he's a 40s superhero. Yeah, yes. The, yeah. Let's, let's pull back onto this one. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's talk about something that we haven't talked about yet, which is a part, well, quite a big part of this, obviously. What did you all think of the actual space battles and the pew-pew and that part of it when Dumb. we were away from the daily life stuff? <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> Go on. Star Trek 2 did it better. <laughs> because. Star Trek 2, a film which has it... many advantages over a book. Yeah. Okay. So, Star Trek 2, one of the key plot points of it is uh, there's a space battle where uh, one of the people, um, because they've never done a space battle before, they fail to think in three dimensions. It's like it's the Futurama joke of we're gonna surround this uh, spaceship so it can't leave by holding hands around it, and it just goes <laughs> up. It's like yeah, it's a spaceship, and so yeah, they do everything on a flat plane in this, so they're dumb. Like, why would you do everything on a flat plane? <laughs> Makes no sense. I never got the impression they were only dealing in two D. I did. <laughs> if you mean when they're demoing their plans, then yeah, screens are two D. No, like. All of the establishing shots you get of the fight are just that. That and there's a part where they accidentally shoot their own team or something. That's just stupid. Are you thinking of the bit where Elmer crashed? Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, Yeah, right. right. Okay. I mean, yeah, they do establish that's going to happen. And I do think it is done. But they're like, she's been here for five years. And all that shit. Oh, dear. It has a berserk mode. (laughs) It'll go out of control. And then it does. Yeah, that... (laughs) See, I'm that's so the part that bothers me about that whole bit. It's like, this is his first big fight, I guess. You know, he had his fight when he first appeared in this world, but then, you know, him and Mimi being roped in with all the other mercenaries to help fight some space pirates. In his first found, uh, first fight, he found out where their base was. He got their date to cash. Mm-hmm. So the military was like, yeah, we're going to raid it. We need mercenaries just to help pick off, like, anyone trying to flee, basically. Because, you know, military has real big fucking ships and can take care of big things. But they're slow, so they need mercenaries with faster shit. Let, let's ignore that part for a moment. Okay. But, you know, M- Mimi's freaking out because it's her first time in space and she's got a fight and all that jazz. And he's like, oh, here, look out. 
And he's like, wow, it looks great. And look at all these spaceships. And look at that one. That looks really great, which is conveniently Elmer's. And Hera's like, oh, yeah, that shit. It's shit. And she's like, why? And he's like, oh, well, you know, it looks great, but it can't turn for shit. And it has a berserk mode. It's like, the fuck's a berserk mode? Like, why, <laughs> why does that? Why, why Who does designed this? this? <laughs> like, what? Why does a ship have a berserk mode? And once it's active, there's no way of like deactivating this, it. Like, I appreciate they... At this point, it's not even foreshadowing. It's just... <laughs> it's some straight-up Chekhov gun going on there. Chekhov spaceship. Yeah, it, yeah. it's stupid it's just, is what it is. But it's like, yeah, it's got a berserk mode, and once it goes berserk, you can't control it. And sure enough... It goes berserk and crashes into one of the military ships. Like, what would the advantage of that be in a spaceship having a berserk mode? I legitimately can't even understand how that works. Like, I mean, the advantage would be if you've got some way of bailing out, then you essentially run away while that ship's going crazy. But, but uh, yeah, I don't. Mean... Get, oh, it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not denying that. That's the only possible lose. I don't know why you program that to begin with into a ship. Oh, you know what would be fun? Let's give it a berserk mode. That'll make it another million enough. Well, you see, this is the thing that's throwing me. At no point is it established AI of flying these ships or even nope. in any way involved. There's no mention of AI anywhere in what we've read. Nope. It's just this ship has a berserk mode. It's like, but what even? Maybe it does have AI, but that AI is really angry all the time. One of the developers of the game was like, wouldn't it be funny if we just made a really good ship that well, no, might fuck okay. itself? But again, <laughs> this is the thing. I can understand some bizarre thing in like the game having like, yes, this this ship is real great in all these aspects, but occasionally you'll lose control. It'll go berserk. <clears throat> Why does that exist in this universe though like it's like at some point ever... somebody had to build this intentionally yeah at some point someone designed this and was like you know what for shits and giggles i'm just gonna make you randomly lose control it's like yeah why? it would have made way more sense if they were like it's a really old ship with a really outdated ai and it's become corrupted and you know it's, you, you it don't need to be like just be like oh no someone shot her left thruster and i was gonna say she... you just have her lose control <laughs> yeah there, there's no need for this Berserk. Berserk. <laughs> <laughs> fucking stupid it's faster than his ship but harder to control so you just have it be she smashes it into an asteroid or crashes oh no you, you can't ship. have it be her fault god well, no. the th thing is she has to crash into the military ship sean because of the plot point we brought up earlier yes yeah. because we've got to have symmetry between her and mimi and that they're both in debt and he saves them both and fucks them well both. no so you don't need that symmetry it's the fact you need to have her become indebted to him Yes, him specifically. Specifically indebted with money. So then she has to bang him. But she doesn't have to, that's the point. No, 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 Mike, gotta bang him. <sighs> yeah. why, why else would he pay the debt? In fairness, and I hate that I'm saying that, that is her assumption, because she's the one who puts that into Mimi's mind as well. That yes, the only reason is. a guy would pay a debt for a girl is so they can fuck. Yes. <sighs> Which, don't get me wrong, still horrible, but you know. It is, but I would assume that is the space culture <laughs> sure. that's the space mercenaries way you save someone you fuck them it's more like if someone pays that much debt in that space culture maybe someone's like there's only one reason someone pays that amount of money you're gonna fuck them 
Is there like oh. a line like when you hit a certain amount, that's that's clearly fuck money? <laughs> no, I'm actually flicking through it now, like again, and it's actually worse than what I was remembering because right. she like has this assumption. Fine, yes. She barges into his room in just her underwear, prepared to fall. Yes, she sits on his bed and is like, "Do what you want with me." I said, "Do what you want," like screaming this at him. To be clear, not like in tears screaming. This is just like, yeah, let's get it over with kind of thing. Yeah, and like points out how much he paid. And then she says, this is what you want, right? <laughs> and then it cuts away. And then you get, you just cut to after it being like, what do you mean it was a misunderstanding? Like, yeah, this, this is what I was saying earlier. No, we covered it earlier, but that's so much worse. Well, no, Phil said exactly that earlier. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's worse than I remembered at least. Yeah, that, that's that's why I was saying. I was saying well, it's like, it's acting like they just didn't say anything else after that point. He's just like, eh, I'll take what I can get. Uh, sorry, sorry, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's terrible. No, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there are both times. Like, why does he not like sit them down and explain this that they don't have to do this? Well, to be fair, uh, he he does with Mimi. Kind yeah, he does. Of. He they give like a panel or two to the idea that he starts on it. I... No, he, he basically says. Like, yeah, you you don't have to do this. Like, he does and not she's say like, that. No, no, I I want to do it. Whereas with Elmer, he's like, oh, she's misunderstanding something, and then it cuts Shrug. to them having banged and her going, wait, what do you mean? It's all a misunderstanding. Why did you wait until afterwards? Yeah. Like, he knew there was a misunderstanding and used it to his advantage. It's like, ah. like yeah. Could have just been like, oh, it's a misunderstanding. You know what? Fuck me anyway. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not justifying this guy's actions. I want to make that clear. Like, unlike in Black Summoner, where I had like, uh, I could let it slide. In this one, it's very much like, eh, it's not, not right. No, I, I, but... I understand what you're saying. Like again, like Mimi's one doesn't bother me as much because it's close to that Black Summoner one where it's kind of. You know, everyone's on board with it. Everyone's everyone's clear what the situation is. Elmer, there is straight up a misunderstanding going on that he's not clearing up until after the fact. Like he yeah. knows that it's going on as well. Like he could clear it up, and he chooses not to. It's like ah, oh, that's yeah. it's not okay. But then the author does again, as we mentioned as well. The author then does try to back themselves out of this hole by having them both willingly fuck him later. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. And being like, no, we're not just banging you because you paid our debts. No, it's for your sterling company. <laughs> for that rocking bod of yours. I mean, hey, we, we don't see what he's packing. Like, I'm not judging if this is a thing they want to do. It's just, it feels so gross how they got there. No, we all agree, Mike. We all agree <laughs> on that. We're all in agreement here. On the one hand, I'm always I always prefer it in series where they just fuck and you don't just have that hanging over the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But the circumstances of this are very uh, uh, you could have gotten there better. This is something that's bothered me with Isekai for a while, mm-hmm. which is the bizarre obsession with slavery. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay with the rising theme we've got in some of these. It's it's like pretty much like specifically sexual slavery, just slavery in general. 
Yeah, but it always goes to a sexual place. I, I understand it always ends up in sex, but the point is, like, why? Like, it happened in one or two, and I was like, this is kind of uh, not okay, but I can understand why that element was introduced. It has some sort of story relevance, I guess, the way of putting it, to an extent. But then now it's just, oh, yeah, you know, you, you want your Iskai world, you've got, you got your guild, you've got your slaves, you've got your... It's like, no, no, <laughs> can we not? Because it's a fantasy world, it's a lazy and easy way to get someone into the hero's party with minimal exposition or anything needed. Because all readers are familiar, like, disgustingly, but this is where we live. Yeah. All readers are familiar with what the concept of slavery is. and It is. But, but getting rid of it is 100% the right thing to do. There are other ways of getting... I agree, but the authors are lazy. Yeah, I, I, I feel, and I'm sure you guys do too, that in their attempt to just use the easiest option, it comes off pretty morally abhorrent that people are so okay with just immediately jumping to this in their stories. And I'm not saying that slavery cannot exist in these worlds, but no. the way they use it is always just as a, like, we want a big titty anime girl in here who wants to bang him all the time. Let's yada yada the moral stuff and then just be like, hey, she's there now. I'm actually going to go slightly different on you here, Mike. I don't think there is a reason to have it. I, like, okay. I understand, historically speaking, mm -hmm. and, you know, medieval society, which these are all supposedly based off of, yeah, it did exist, but also, why does it need to exist in your fantasy world? Yeah, like, this is a thing which is a- th you're designing from the ground up, you have no reason to have this. And like, yeah, and if you are gonna do slavery for any reason, you don't need to go that direction with it. Like, you could absolutely say, this is an evil that I want to overcome, rather than saying, like, it's the most convenient way to get the character banging. Like no, don't that's don't do that. Like I, I think the issue I have is not that slavery exists because you can write a story where it is relevant. Uh, I would say you should probably not, and you, you should definitely don't. yeah, you should don't. definitely step lightly if you do. But the way it is used is never the right way in anything we've read for this show, like anything. It's, it's, it's a bit of a weird box. There's another series I've read. Isekai, obviously. And obviously, you know, they've got slavery in there. Main character doesn't get involved with it. But um, at one point in the story, he comes across another party who is like the real, really morally upright party. Like, you know, you're, you're like this really strong adventurer. Why are you not just doing everything to make everything good and perfect and everything? And it's like, because you're you're one person, you can't go against a whole society, even if you're top tier god, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, it's weird how a lot of these characters in this guy are just like, ah, slavery's a thing. Guess I'll buy myself a slave. Actually, recently, what uh, rewatched uh, Django Unchained? Uh huh. Which is a movie very much about slavery. Sure. Specifically, I'm referring to the two main characters, the Dr. Schultz 
uh, the, the the German man in that movie and Django, and he starts that movie by purchasing the slave Django, and then he actually takes some time to be like, I hate slavery, but it is convenient to what I need for now. Having said that, I feel really bad about this, and I'm doing this as a means to an end. And he, but even though he's doing that, he still like respects him as a person. He just yeah using it because he kind of has to at that moment and then even then he like essentially gives him freedom because he chooses to work together and all that but still yeah this is sort of a thing isekai tries to it tries to be like i i have i've bought you but you're not my slave you're you're free to do what you want and it's like uh... they don't do it right yeah it's like i appreciate they're giving the lip service to try and make it like no slave slavery and bad but it's like you 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 you're just not like black summon is probably one of the best instances i've seen of it i think and it, it always ends in banging and like it doesn't it need does. to it doesn't it really doesn't need to and like there's also like if they start as a slave which you have freed by merit of killing their owners or buying them then it completely muddies the water for any affection from them going forward mm. but yes actual affection and actual intimacy can be formed between someone who was a slave and someone who has freed them, but it's always going to have that underlying. Okay, but are they only doing this because of that? Let's say that's that was my complaint when we did Black Summer. Yeah, exactly. as I was say, that was the crux of the debate me and Phil had on Black Summer of like, is this okay? Same thing here as well. It's... Yeah, like, but I I do agree with Sean on the aspect that I think Black Summer at least handled it better than this. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. this does the uh, sweep under the rug kind of. This just kind of goes, yeah, you know. Bullshit. It is also. I do just want to say as well in this, like we never slavery, as far as we're aware, does not exist in this world. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. That's a bit of a weird one because he starts walking around with this harem, and <laughs> yes, everyone gets really annoyed. Like, oh, he brought two cute girls with him. I'm so jealous. It's like what. the Hey now, I like the guy who works at the mercenary girl going, what is this light novel bullshit that you're like this? <laughs> he's that, like, yes. I've, I've been here 15 years and I've never had a chance. <laughs> and then it's just like, change. No, 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 what do you... And then just gets knocked out and dragged yeah. away. Like, <laughs> yep. Yes, I did like the self-aware joke there. Yeah, it, it does never say slavery is a thing. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate it has never said that. However, it is basically there. That's the thing. I get that that's essentially what their relationship is, kind of, but I just did want to also mention as well, this one doesn't outright have slavery. Yeah, he, he has paid their debt, effectively buying them. Yeah, it's, it's a similar type of relationship, but it is not, there is no slavery that we're aware of in this star system, at least. No. I did just want to add that. Sure. I, yeah, there, there is that. Well, going away from that... Going away from the horribleness. There's one um, vaguely positive thing I want to say. And it is the vaguest. It is the vaguest positivity because it's such a small point in this. When they do introduce video game mechanics into this world, it is not ham-fisted like you see in other ones. Like you never see a stat block, for example. Which is insane, because this is one series where you could get away with that for, like, here's the spaceship specs. You could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, 
the closest thing you get is at one point he picks up what they call a singing crystal, which is in the game. They even say, hey, uh, in the game, this is a thing you use to start high level raids because you summon big beastie things to kill. You, you summon aliens, basically. Essentially, yeah. And I thought that was actually very well integrated. And granted, the bar is very low for this kind of thing. But I thought that was quite well integrated into the world. I like the use of that, especially from the fact that they were like, they introduced it and then they paid it off within a couple of chapters rather than, here's the thing, we'll get to it in, you know, five the years. The fucking spider egg thing. <laughs> no, that's never going to be resolved, Mike. Get <laughs> exactly. It right. that was, that was, that's, a, that's a red herring. <laughs> spider egg thing? From So I'm a Spider, So What, where she yeah. spends several chapters with an egg and then this oh, is the okay. egg and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I was still in this series. I was like, I don't remember there being a spider egg. Yeah, I did. I did jump a bit, but yeah, it's like that's that's an example of Chekhov's gun not being fired. Let's say yes, which uh, for those of you aware of your tropes is a bad thing. It's a very bad thing. It's a very frustrating thing because if you introduce something, it should always have some relevance. It, yes, or it's not so much if you introduce something; it's more. If you put focus on something, yes. If you find it notable enough to actually mention Describe it, it. Yeah. unless it's a deliberate red herring, then yeah. <laughs> uh, even deliberate red herrings work slightly differently because it's obnoxious to like describe everything in like only the things you're going to use. Because then it's like right, so that's important for later. Then cool, and then you're just waiting for it to be used, which is the whole point of Chekhov's gone. The good, the good old days of animation where you could see. But, you know, before they got good at relevant. it, so you could see what was going to move. Yeah. It's clearly very, it's drawn differently. Yeah, it's, it's like clearly out of the background. It's an animation yeah. cell rather than a background, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it suddenly changed to a slightly lighter shade of blue. I guess it's going to move. Uh, uh, but because you've brought up the crystal, I can unpin that problem I had earlier. Mm -hmm. Because that's the one thing that really bothers me. Wait, that does. <laughs> so look, the the general whole thing, I don't mind. Like, pre pretty cool idea. It's executed reasonably and whatnot. My problem is, as we said, he has established that this is not like the game, mm -hmm. and he immediately assumes the crystal will work exactly like the game. Yeah, and that feels like a big fucking dumb thing to do when, because essentially he's. He says, well, he doesn't say, he thinks, okay, in the game, this is used to start a high-level raid, summon enemies, blah, blah, blah. And then we don't hear about it until there's another fight where another empire or kingdom or whatever is coming to invade this star system. And he's like, oh, well, what? Once all the mercenaries get roped into the fight, because of course... He's like, ah, well, you see, I've got this genius plan. He's not going to tell anyone the details specifically, but basically he's going to pretend to be one of the enemy ships by decelerating from their ultra drive, I think they call it. He's basically, because he does it in the fight before, he pretends to be space debris, basically. Well, no, in this case, he's sort of flying around where they're going to drop out of hyperspace, but he's using a particular type of drive which when decelerated, gives off a similar signature to dropping out of hyperspace, so the enemies will think he's one of their ships, basically blending in with them, so he's in the middle of the fleet. Which, fine, great, I have no problem with that. But then he's like, 
and then we're going to fire this crystal at their flagship. It's like, all right, and it'll break, and it'll summon the aliens, and then the aliens will just do all the work. Like, and that's where the problem lies, because he's assuming it's like the game. What happens if he fires that, and fuck all happens? Yeah, this is the issue I was having when I said they could just pull anything out of their ass. They get to decide what works in every moment, and they don't have to give any establishment for it. They, they can literally pull whatever they want out of their ass. Like, the thing is, I wouldn't mind too much, but at no point was it established this crystal works the way he thinks it works. Obviously, they establish after the fact, like, wait, you're crazy. That's a singing crystal. It will have crystal life forms swarming all over, blah, blah, blah. It's like, great, why didn't we establish this before he used it so he would have known this would have worked? See, I really don't have these plot. Like, I appreciate where you two are coming from, but I really don't have these problems with, like, if he's reasonably assuming that he's in the game, he can reasonably assume everything will work as it is in the game until proven otherwise. But it is proven otherwise early on when he's like, there are galaxies in the game that aren't here. That's not proving mechanics, that's just proving the map's different. <laughs> it's still enough to prove that you're not in the game, you can't reliably assume everything. If 98% gonna... of the universe matches up and like 2% doesn't, you can still reasonably assume everything else is going to work as it does. When you're flying into the middle of an enemy fleet... In his own words, if it goes wrong, he's an idiot who dies. <laughs> I, my issue with it is slightly different. Uh, it's that, why has no one done this before? The implication is that it's a very dangerous idea. I, I get that it's super duper rare as well. I understand that. Yeah, crystals rare to start with. This is a military that spans however far. Like they're a large military force, enough to uh, defend an entire solar system. Well, this is just the military in this particular solar system, obviously. Well, that's my point. It's big enough for them. They are part of the bigger empire. Yeah, we don't actually know the scale of anything realistically in this My series. point is, it's bigger than one guy who just happened to find one. So chances are they've had these before. And so, A, why has no one tried it before? And B, if they have tried it before, why is there not a countermeasure to this? It's what a fu It fucking annoys me every time that there's, like, we're going to do something. It, it's in any story, not just in this. But it's whenever they say, we're going to do something they're not expecting. Ramming speed! It's like, really? <laughs> they, they've got no countermeasures to this. No one thought of driving this into that. There's a slight difference between driving something into something else and using this incredibly rare item that will summon enemies that will kill everything in sight given half a chance. So your own say, stuff like, as well. I don't mind it too much because it's established A, this is a rare item. B, it's mm -hmm. a contraband item of the highest tier. Sure. If it breaks while you're transporting it, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, if it breaks for any reason... Nah. Those alien life forms appear and just kill you. Like, why wouldn't it then exist as, like, the nuclear option? As, like, you know, nukes. Because <laughs> they have all the same problems and we use those. Uh, because nukes are easier to transport is the answer to that. Yeah. I no. I I always find whenever they have something like this in a game that can, or uh, manga, sorry, I mean, basically a game, sure. uh, that can just immediately solve this issue, I have a lot of problems Why, uh, when they're not properly established like this. I, you see, I, there's a chance it doesn't solve the issue is why I would argue that. It's like um, in Good Place, I think I've made this reference before, where um, I forget the guy's name, but uh, Jason or whatever he's called, it's like, well, I just throw a Molotov cocktail at the problem and I've got an entirely different problem. <laughs>
which is essentially what this is. <laughs> I was going to say, cause th this is the big thing as well. You've got to remember, Mike, like you, you use this, you might kill the enemy. You've still got to deal with all those crystal life forms, which apparently were led to believe are hard to deal with for some reason. This is, yeah, this was my one problem with that whole thing, which is far more minor than yours, which is that they're like, oh, it's going to summon these crystal life forms and like, oh shit, what is it going to be? And then it's just giant crystals. They're just attacked by floating crystals. Yeah, they're literally crystal life forms. Like, yeah. Like, I don't... Yeah, but I, they're I, crystal I life forms in Land of the Lustrous, and that's not just their floating crystals. I'm not just being attacked by Hydaelyns all around. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. It's like you could put a little more effort into this design. <laughs> sure. I mean, to be fair, this is their spaceships. Maybe the actual life forms look different. Maybe, maybe. Although, to be fair, that is, like, if I do have one critique, it's that the designs and not necessarily the artwork, but the designs are very by the books for the main of it. The characters all look very standard. The spaceships all look pretty standard. There's, there's no, like, outside of the colour shots, space itself looks pretty blah. I mean, yeah. Space is space. There's not really much you can oh do no with that. i appreciate that like as i say in when they have the couple of color pages i think especially at the start of volume two where they show like the vista in color that looks yes. great and then you just go back to solid black and it's like uh or you're in a space corridor like oh great yeah there's, there's one i did like which was um uh, as like an establishing shot of the space station which was like ha halo-esque where it's like uh the things just like expanding out in front of you and slowly curving upwards so you can see everything out ahead of you oh yes i know the one you mean yeah yeah like that, that's pretty cool but other than that yeah pretty standard sci-fi like uh there's there's one point where it's like there's cameras on some missiles which is when they're shooting the crystal and stuff like that just looks like every camera ever kind of thing yeah so it's like, yeah some pretty standard stuff but some occasionally good things along the way art wise as well I mean, tying into the art, and I'm interested to see what your opinions on this are, how easy slash hard did you find it to follow what was actually happening in the battle? Because there are a bunch of times where this one just drops any words and it's just panels of how the space fight is going wordlessly. <laughs> yeah, they do like to describe rather than show a lot of the time, because when they do show, what? it's... Uh, That's like they... the exact opposite of what I just said. <laughs> Let me finish, Jesus. Because <laughs> they like to describe what's happening while it's happening. Which is both a blessing and a curse. What? No, they don't. They go through the plan beforehand, and this is how the battle's going to be, and then they do fuck all description. It's mainly just wordless panels of how it's progressing. What are you on about? <laughs> I'm more okay. I just flicked through it again, and like, yeah, I'm more meant when they uh they cut back to the characters, and they're just like, yes, we did that thing, and there's quite a lot of that, and it's probably a good thing because quite a lot of the time it's not immensely clear as to what's going on in the actual combat images. Well, I've never had any major problems. The first fight especially I thought was crap in like conveying what was happening. But they get a little better later on, but that's because they then spend time to explain how it's going to go beforehand so you can sort of fill in the blanks. But it's not the clearest at times of what exactly is happening. Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of images of similar-looking ships exploding. That's pretty much yeah, what the you get. Ships themselves aren't very distinctive, as bizarre as that sounds. They come in all different shapes, sizes, and whatnot, but generally 
I, I, I don't know what the difference between a pirate ship is and a military ship is. If you showed me a lineup of ships, I might be able to pick out Krishna and uh, Elmer's one before it blew up. Krishna being the main ship. Yeah, and that's because they give some lip service to what they look like. Everyone else, I'd be like, I had no Everyone idea. else, I'm pretty sure there's just like a template of four different ships or something. I copied this ship off Eve. I copied this ship off Star Commander. I, I do like, as best I can tell... The only thing that makes Krishna, the main ship, look unique is that it's got curves. Everything else is like box-shaped. Everything is pretty boxy, yeah. Krishna and... Uh, I, my brain's going Mimi now. Krishna and Elmer shapes are, have curves. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> How unique! Of course, they need to have those curves for aerodynamics in space. Aerodynamics <laughs> in space. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, to be fair, if you're going somewhere with an atmosphere... <laughs> sure. Sure. Not specifically space itself, but if you go into a planet, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you gotta you gotta reduce solar wind drag. There you go. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's totally how it works. Oh my don't, god! Don't you know there's atmosphere in hyperspace? This is one of those um, things that happens quite a lot in uh, designing sci-fi stuff. Because yes, there is no reason for you to have an aerodynamically capable spaceship. Because if you're strong enough to get off the planet and navigate interstellarly then it really doesn't matter how aerodynamic you are when you're on a planet if you can make it easy to get off a planet it actually does make a difference because just to take our current space rockets penises yes the vast majority of the fuel we put on them are to get them out of earth's atmosphere oh it's not even that it's to get it out of like the first 50 percent of the atmosphere or yeah something. But, but that's the point if you can make your ship more aerodynamic so it's easier for it to escape you can put on less fuel. In fact, a lot less fuel. I get that. I feel Mike's argument here is if you've reached the point where interstellar travel oh, is no, don't, don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm, I'm not disputing that part, but it's just you have no reason to make it aerodynamic. But if you don't, people think it looks weird. So designers of these things often this is like in fiction, not in real life, obviously. Unless your ship is designed to stay in orbit, like space prison, then yeah, why would you yeah. not make it aerodynamic? Yeah, it just it just looks weird if it's not, which is why the Krishna is the only one that doesn't look kind of boxy and weird. I don't think it's the only one, but definitely like when we see these big sweeping shots of ships, they are incredibly boxy. Maybe mm-hmm. because I think when they talk about like the space pirates. It's always like converted cargo ships or something, mm-hmm. which I guess a benefit from being more boxy. Uh, it, it doesn't help when you just get a bunch of them together no. and you have to figure out who's who, which is my main issue with to be it. Fair, it actually just doesn't matter in any of the fights because no, all you need to know is which one is Krishna, which one is the main characters. Yeah, like in any sort of space battle, you need to know where your characters are. And yeah. that's usually in sci-fi when you're using like an armada of ships, you usually get establishing shots of the, the characters. The only problem really with the other ships is the fact you can't differentiate your factions. I, I have no way of knowing who's who's space pirate, who's part of the Empire, who's part of the kingdom of whatever, I, you know. Yeah, you've also no way of knowing who's winning, which is also annoying. True, but I think because for most of the fights we see here, that's rarely a thing that matters, as bizarre as that sounds. <laughs> sure, no, okay. 
I'm ignoring the very first fight, which is just him and a couple of space pirates. Irrelevant. Yep, he just wins. Yep. We only get two fights. First is the raid on the space pirate headquarters, secret base, whatever, mm-hmm. which is being led by the military. I have no doubt that's going to be a wash. Sure. I, I don't need to know. Oh, no, this side's winning because they're, they're going to win. Sure, it'd be nice to see, oh, yes, but we lost 20 mercenaries this day. But it would be a bit meaningless when we don't actually know any mercenaries. It just, you need to know there's some stakes involved. And if you can't tell that, then why do you care? The big problem is obviously with the second one, where it's the Empire versus the Kingdom, which we've not mentioned, but there is a brief space politic thing going on. It's irrelevant. It it mm. Largely irrelevant. It is established that this system he appears in is on the frontier. It's on the border between these two I would, I would say it establishes as much as it needs to, which is like, yeah. there are two yeah. factions... We'll get to it when we need it. Yeah, I'm not complaining about it. It's not particularly invasive. In that particular fight, obviously, I think it would be a lot more important to be able to differentiate them, except for the fact he has his stupid plan of <clears throat> let's summon the aliens and have them blow everyone up. <laughs> but the fact he summons them in the middle of their fleet when they drop out of hyperspace presumably means they're far enough away from his side that it just doesn't matter. But how are they going to win without any spaceships going berserk? easier with easier (laughs) less casualties probably okay yeah that's the thing like how did she blow up her spaceship and not die because her cockpit was sturdy oh right yeah that was it (laughs) that that was literally that was what they said he was like oh yeah you know it goes berserk but it's fine because the cockpit's sturdy like no she's blowing up Uh -uh. but the cockpit's sturdy (laughs) he was like she'll survive she'll be fine it's like uh and she, and to be fair, she is. She, she is. Yeah. She's not even injured, as far as I can tell. Just mentally. Considering the next time we see her, she's a drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, because this brings me to something Fucking we yeah, lost over a little bit, I suppose. Because this is how she ends up in debt and how he ends up... Um, You're trying to avoid saying owning her, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Employing her, because he does actually employ her. Sure. After giving her a three million anal bonus. <laughs> signing bonus. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new porn category right there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, basically her ship goes berserk, crashes into a military ship, and the captain, Serena, who's the other character of some note, I guess. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just build them. And then we find out, oh no, she's got a debt of three million, which is a lot, apparently. And so he goes and pays it. And then Serena ends up finding out, oh, you know, today's the day that's supposed to, uh, that debt's supposed to be paid. And then she's looking at it like, whoa, three million. That's ridiculous. Who, who on earth did that? And it's like, oh yeah, there's that kind of very minor subplot that's not really. There's some bad eggs in the police force. Yeah. Some, which is some feel, feels very eggs. on the nose in 2021, but you mm-hmm. know. But that was established in chapter one with um, with the guy that was originally interrogating him, yeah. 
yeah, she's trying to run a good force and people are getting in the way of that. So Pe- people are like, oh, maybe if you grease my wheels, I'll grease yours. I'm sure there's a lot of things get greasy by the end of this. Or, or yeah, you know, just stick someone in three million debt and then they've got to pay you with anal. <laughs> I was drinking coffee at the time. <laughs> this this was not the joke I expected to gain from this episode, How? but here we are. Because I, like, I'm going to shock you here. I didn't read. No, I took Mike's joke and ran with it. I I did not read Enel and think anal at any point until this. The thing podcast. is spelled E N A L. Spelled E N E L, I believe. I thought it was A L, but either irrelevant. way, it's like, how did you not get that from? Because apparently, Mike, I'm pure and innocent, and I don't read <laughs> yeah. anal. You're a good Christian boy. You're a good Christian boy reading your manga about slaves in space that pay with anal. <laughs> not technically slaves. <laughs> oh, that makes it better, does it? Does the word "technically" make it more comfortable? <laughs> it there is like this concept we have at the moment isn't it like employment mo- employment <laughs> slavery mo- modern slavery there, there is yes. like a thing around that basically just forcing people into such horrible work conditions and oh, right. debts and things like that where they basically they are not technically slaves but for all intents and purposes yeah like they can leave any time but where are you gonna go kind of thing yeah like it is part of um the company i work for like that is a question we ask it's like are you being forced to do this job basically yeah, which is uh, that's shit. Let let's raise the living wage, shall we? Oh, steady on now, radical left wing person here. <laughs> Goddamn communist. I mean, hey, if I could, I'd just straight up do away with money in general. I fucking hate money. Oh, you it's you would worst. go to them NFTs, would you? <laughs> no, what the fuck? How did you get that from that? <laughs> NFTs aren't money, Mike. They are not money, but I'm not gonna try and. I mean, buy they a are. With an NFT. They are in one way. <laughs> I mean, someone's profiting off them, but they themselves <laughs> Just, are not money. Like, I need, I need some bread. Quick, I'll draw a picture, a badly drawn picture of a monkey. Here you go. No, no, because you can keep the monkey. You can just tell them they own the picture. Right, we're not going into an NFT tangent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We don't have enough that's time. What the, that's what the T stands for. Tangent. <laughs> Non-fungible tangent. Yeah. To- the T stands for token. Tangent. This, this tangent is non-fungible. Ooh, hot. Is it? Uh, maybe. Non funny either. Get on with it. <laughs> non funny tangents. <laughs> we deal in those every two weeks. <laughs> um. Go on, Phil. It was your point. Um. Basically, I was saying, you know, that that is why Elmer ends up in his employ, mm-hmm. shall we say. And I just thought I'd highlight that because. We sort of glossed over it a little bit. Early. Yeah, you're not wrong. Honestly, I'd never really thought of that concept until just now. But yeah, that does tend to fit with this. Essentially, while they are no longer in debt, technically they are indebted to him. Yeah. And sure, he's saying, yeah, you're free to do what you want. But it, it is a case, as he said, well, they, they have no money whatsoever, actually. They might not have any debt anymore. They have no money, they have no place to go, they have nothing. Like, there's a certain point where being three million in debt and having zero debt but also zero money, when it really doesn't make much difference. And he does also mention that, you know, it's like, oh, you can pay it back to me over time, so... He he does, and I suspect that's part of what 
the author does to try and make it feel a little less like slavery. Mm-hmm. It, it's more like, I've given you a loan, but it is never really portrayed that way. I, I don't like I You pointed this out earlier. I, I hate this lean towards how slavery has become an innate token part of the isekai genre in general. Like, I, I can take or leave isekai in general, but I would very much like to leave that train. We'll it's, we'll it's just, there are other ways you can just get people into the hero's party, as you say. Less lazy ways as well. Yeah, like, even... I wouldn't even care if it was as lazy, it's just there are ways to do it that are as easy and aren't as... As strange as this sounds, yeah, there are ways that are equally lazy, but require... Wait, no, sorry. Requires the same amount of effort, but are equally lazy. There we go. I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere, it's just literally like, oh, you're new. Well, I just so happen to be looking for a party. Let me adventure with you for a while. It's like, oh. Sure. Job fucking done. You mean how their relationship initially starts, essentially? Before the debt gets introduced. Yes, or how about this? Complete, complete shock horror, right? Okay. They meet each other at a level of mutual respect and think it's mutually beneficial that they just work together from now on. Mutual? Yeah. It's, Not, it's, I don't know that word. It's, it's like they, they're both like powerful in their own right, and it just so happens that they... Well, well, well both powerful. Yeah, I know. Mad. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, like, even in this case, with Elmer, you could have had she she's just lost a ship. Mm-hmm. You could have just literally had it. A ship was destroyed in the fight, and you know what? She's gone on so well with Hero. She's like, "Hey, can I just come work Honestly, with you?" I thought that's where they were going for. Just be have the bit where she's paid the debt herself, but now she's flat broke because of it. Or you could have that even. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't even need to do the debt thing. Just like she doesn't even need to be broke. Just like, hey, I'm looking for new work. My ship blew up. Yeah, that, that's, what I, that's what I was saying. Just be like, oh no, my ship blew up. New, sh- new ships are expensive. It's not Can creepy that they bang. Because it's like, yeah, yeah I, w- I want to bang. Cool, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. No, no one is indebted to anyone. We've, we've clearly got a rapport. You helped me earlier. Yeah, that's just, you know, sure. Come You're aboard. like 30, 40 years old. I'm like 50, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Sure, let's, let's do it. It's not weird. It's not weird at all. That's a thing with like manga in general. Why are they so obsessed with making it weird? <laughs> I don't what, get that. What like, part in particular are you referring specifically to? Specifically sexual stuff in this instance, but in okay, general. Again, what specifically? They can't just have a situation play out naturally, right? There always has to be some angle to it. Something that makes it like lucky on the protagonist's part, but forgetting how it affects everything else. Like, oh, it's so lucky I did this. And now we're banging. So, uh, <laughs> did he have to go that extra step? Could it not just be two characters meet and want to bang? Is that well, so that's unbelievable? Steady on, Mike. People falling in love. It doesn't even Crazy. have to be love. It could just be two people met and like, I'm horny. You horny? Yup. <laughs> you know what? Hentai got it right. <laughs> <laughs> hentai got it right. Just did, two people meeting and banging. No one likes <laughs> in hentai. <laughs> or, are you, or are you referring to different hentai, Mike? Are you referring to act hentai the genre? I'm, I'm referring to straight up porn, yes. Okay, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> hentai does it right on occasion. Hentai does it right. You know, you're just walking around, bang your stepsister. See some tentacles. 
Fuck it. Walking down the street, <sighs> some tentacles grab you. You know. All right. Okay. <laughs> you say no 52 times and yes once and it's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think we've read that one already. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, on that note. Oh god, that was gross. Yep. Uh, is there is there anything else anyone wants to bring up on this, or are we all are we all done ranting about sex and slavery yet? <laughs> it's not to me. It's not the fact that it exists in no, this manga. No, it's the answer to that. No, it's the answer. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not the fact that it exists in this manga. It's the fact that it exists in manga in general. Yeah, the genre specifically, but yeah, it's just stop it. That's pretty much my closing thought on that point. Yep. Fair. Anything not related to sex or slavery that people want to discuss? No, I think that's all of it. The only thing that I would say that we didn't really discuss at length, but I think we did fine. Video game mechanics in this is are well integrated. Like it, it's not really important, but I think they do it enough that it does feel important that this is an isekai. Like sometimes yes. you'll read an isekai and it'll be like, why bother? The one thing I will say. Yeah. Very, very little minor spoiler. I'll avoid saying too much. Oh, no. Having no. read a little bit further on. I mean, there isn't that much further ahead of what we've read. There, there isn't. But there is four volumes. It, it does come up that he is not from this universe. Sure. I it, figured it as much. It become a little more relevant, unlike a lot of isekai. A lot of isekai, it's just like, I was a regular guy and then a truck hit me and now I can fart laser beams and in this fancy world i'm super rich and have all the harems it's like okay cool whatever the that's about it maybe you get something like as i said last episode i think someone goes i'm gonna make soap yeah and like they use a little bit of their knowledge they might have gleaned well a lot of isekai don't even have that amount of relevance like no but i'm just saying that that is something that does happen with some regularity my point is the isekai elements do feel relevant in this which and like we've said many times i hate that that's the bar but it does feel See, the relevant. thing is i would say it doesn't feel relevant in the two volumes we read well it feels more relevant than it would normally feel in this amount of manga like it's it it's not very relevant but you do see him bringing in knowledge that he would otherwise have well, i was gonna say i think you're thinking because of the game knowledge he's got rather yeah. than oh rather than the fact that he's from elsewhere yeah okay yeah fair enough because yeah they don't do anything that, to... that has the advantage here because you know it is very specifically saying he is transported to the game or game-like world whereas yeah. everything else is just no they're in a new world which is completely foreign to them so they don't get the chance to have that advantage if that makes sense i mean granted they never do the thing that we always talk about which is any kind of oh god my life as i knew it is over moment don't do anything like that he's just like no i'm going with it hey no he always has that chapter one because he spawns in the ship and he didn't put life support on so you know (laughs) he almost dies immediately But, but i mean it's sort of as we said earlier on where it's like it's almost the polar opposite which is worse in some ways he just kind of goes Oh, I'm now in this game world. I am fine with this. <laughs> yeah. You're not, not going to have an existential crisis or anything. I mean, it's a dream come true for the guy, frankly. If I mean, you sure, ended but... up as a hero in your favorite game, would you be okay with that? Just one day? If you if you woke up and you're in Guild Wars 2, Phil, or Guild Wars 1, whichever you prefer. I, I would be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Holy fuck, I've got health is! <laughs> this is the thing, like, 
have no problem with the fact that might be his dream world. But the fact you are suddenly there yeah. for seemingly no reason. You're going to be panicking a bit. It's not right to just accept it and move on. I agree. I do. Like that. There needs to be more than we get in most isekai. I'd say any isekai. I can't yeah. think of any isekai where the guy actually has a breakdown. I said most. I don't need a full breakdown, but at least mention it. <laughs> it, it depends a little on things, I think, because obviously in a lot of them where it's like, I've been hit by a truck and now I am reincarnated. It's like, you know what? Sure. You can't go back. You you died. You're being given a chance to live here. Yeah. Great. We don't need to go any further than that, really. Have have the occasional flashback of, oh man, I, I miss going to get coffee at Starbucks or whatever if you want, but ultimately there is no going back. You died. Move on. Mm-hmm. This is... He's thrown to a new world. He doesn't know why. He's and cool he's just it. okay with it. Yeah. Doesn't uh, I, question I it in any way. Never explained how he's got there that we know. And he doesn't even stop at any point to think, like, how did I get here? Or why am I here? Or this thing, like, can I get very, home? He very, he very briefly goes like, oh man, maybe I'm dreaming. And then probably within like two pages, like, no, nope, not dreaming. It's like, I, all right. I think it's more the dream. He, he realizes it's not a dream after the space pirate stuff. So it's not two pages. Yeah. But after he's been flung around his spaceship a bit, he's like. The point is, it's, it's same chapter effectively. Yeah, no, it is chapter one. No, I agree. So it, it's, it's very much like he's going, oh, maybe I'm dreaming, which, you know, sure, you know, if you're obsessed with the game, having a dream you're in the game, why not? Mm-hmm. But then when he's like, okay, no, this is very clearly not a dream, he just doesn't do anything with that knowledge. He continues as he already was. Which is just a little too relaxed. Yep, and that's a fairly common thing across Isakai that, again, I would also yeah. like them to stop doing. But, but as I said, I think there is contextual differences going on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I don't think this one's unforgivable as an Isakai in general. I think this one is fine. I wouldn't say it's the best example of why it needs to be an Isakai, but I think there's enough here that... And as I say... In the future, some stuff does come up that makes it a bit more relevant to it being an isekai in some ways more so than others do. Yeah. There we go. And on that note, let's uh, let's bring this to a usual conclusion. So I don't know. We've, we've not talked about sex and slavery enough yet, Sean. <laughs> oh, at least 10 minutes of that's getting cut. <laughs> uh, so uh, I will start with you, Mike. Would you read more, buy it, and uh, if it did get an anime adaptation, would you watch it? Uh, I This is another one that I really want to like because it's honestly not that bad. It's just there's so much of it which is problematic for me personally, not just from a content point of view, but just the way it's produced and designed and like the way they built their universe. And the fact that, just like most isekai, the guy doesn't have to work for anything. He just essentially has it all handed to him. Yes, he physically goes out and works, but he has he has every advantage afforded to him. Things are easy for him. This is just a fun romp for him. And I don't find accomplishment without struggle particularly tra- attractive as a reader. And so I just don't feel like there's any real benefit to continuing to read this. Like, I don't think this is going to have a compelling plot at any point. It certainly hasn't so far. 
the plot is just kind of dull. It's man wakes up in space, is space hero now. That's about it. There's no real substance here. The actual parts you get of actual plot are very razor thin. It's mostly just set up for something and then you don't really get a payoff most of the time. Not in any sort of satisfying way. Although, it's actually not that bad as far as Isekai go. It's not great. Like, this wouldn't, this wouldn't reach more than a 7 out of 10 for me, and even on a good day. But it's, it's fine. It's, it's not in, mostly not insulting. It doesn't necessarily, doesn't hurt to read this. And honestly, as much as I hate to say it, the fact that it is sci-fi rather than fantasy really does do a lot for it, make, making it feel unique. Even though you see, still see a lot of those isekai and a lot of those fantasy isekai elements creeping in there. Like, it just can't help itself a lot of the time. I don't like how it shotguns in the isekai stuff and then it's like, right, we're going to ignore all of this. It's mostly irrelevant. It's just annoying. Whenever a writer does that, I get the feeling that they're trying to set themselves up for something that they may or may not feel like writing with later. And so it more comes off as an excuse rather than structuring. And that annoys me. It's just all of this, all of these ideas together just makes you think, no, I'm not going to read more of this. Uh, I don't even think I'd watch it as an anime, honestly. Because, yeah, I think uh, having it actually move and like have color and voice acting and stuff, I think that would do it some favors. But only if they dramatically rewrote a bunch of stuff and made it more dramatic than this is because right now i don't feel like there's any stakes this this guy is gonna win every fight he's ever in he's gonna be the genius boy that does everything right first time and he's gonna get rewarded for pretty bad behavior which we're gonna be told is good and uh, all the banging as well of course which is or dubious banging as well i should say on top of that it's like ah, no thank you this is a no from me and I'd get it if you did like it, if somebody does like it. I get it. But, nah, this is upper average, but not good enough, in my opinion. Well, this is awkward. Were you reading my notes for the overall section? <laughs> that's very similar. <laughs> uh, right down to one of the points you made, actually. Um, last episode, we made a... So this is my, my take. Last episode, we did kind of, kind of a discussion at one point. Phil was like, yeah, that Wuxia is what he defined as a 6 out of 10. And then me and Mike were like, no, it's like 3 or 4. This, to me, is the 6 out of 10 series because it's, fre it's fresh because it's in space and it's they've got pew-pew guns and spaceships as opposed to swords and magic. Pew-pew <laughs> gun and water strips. <laughs> yeah, which does help. Does it, it does help make it feel different and fresh, but otherwise it is... It a bit. Because otherwise it is just Isakai with everything exactly the same, bar the it, fact that it's It space. is literally replacing fancy elements with sci-fi elements. Yes. But that all that being said, I like the characters. Like, putting aside the whole implications of the sexual relationships, etc. I like the characters at face value of who they are. I feel that they're outside of bland protagonist face none of the characters are necessarily just an archetype or anything like that there's a little more to all of them the art yeah it's not great to put it 
nicely. It works in color, but otherwise the art's serviceable at best and struggles a bit in the space fights. I I don't think the narrative's as bad necessarily as Mike's playing out. I can see it's building up for something in the future with the way with the plot seems to be revolving more around Serena, who hasn't done much in these first two volumes outside of establishing bits. But I can see that getting better and like working with stuff in the future now, but he's as of the end of these two volumes, leaving the space system as it were. So my ultimately my take is would I buy more of the series? No, I'm not invested enough to do that. But if someone was like, well, you've got to read more for an assignment, I wouldn't complain. Like, I could have kept reading past where we stopped for this episode. And what, again, I don't think it would have gotten like massively better. Again, I feel this is probably a six out of 10 series for life, but I wouldn't have complained. I could have probably found enjoyment in reading it more. And I'd probably be interested enough to watch the anime because the biggest flaw, again, this has really, to me at least, again, putting aside sexual connotations, is the space battles just don't look that great in a manga format but in an anime format where things can move and you can have more animation and more distinction and color it would probably work all right that's the area where an animated format would help this so i could see the anime being again a solid six maybe even a seven enjoyable so yeah is this the greatest thing ever no this is not the greatest thing guys is not a, a masterful series but it is a fresh take, which helps make it stand out. And I don't think it commits any, again, putting aside the whole sexual stuff, I don't think it commits any major faux pas. Like, there's nothing here that makes me go, Christ, no, I don't want to deal with this series ever again. So it is It's a solid six. There you go. It is a solid six above average. So wouldn't buy it, but could read it and probably would watch it if it does get an anime. To where we differ then because i probably wouldn't <laughs> yeah that's the serious difference there i think an anime would help this whereas in your case you feel it's too far gone i mean to be fair mike also doesn't watch that much anime comparatively speaking i watch as much as i have time to all right i mean if we're throwing him under the bus how many yeah. times has mike said i'll buy this series and then hasn't the answer yeah. is every time <laughs> i okay. don't think so have, have you bought any series that we've covered on this show mike it's not very relevant has Mike, uh, to make it more relevant, has Mike actually said he would buy any of these series? I'm pretty sure he said he was going to buy Solo Leveling at the very least. So it's Solo Leveling's the only one I can think he might have said he would. I'm also very poor. Please help. <laughs> there is also that. No, we'll get to how they can help you in a minute, buddy. Calm down. Don't worry. Because <laughs> before that, we've now got to turn to Phil, old buddy, old pal. Obviously, Hi. I'm assuming you're up to date with this. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I've read more than two volumes in any case. There's only like eight chapters past what we read, so yeah. So basically, would you buy more? If it got animated, would you watch it? And um, what? why'd you keep reading this? I keep reading it because the same reason I keep reading everything I can. Okay. I, let, 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 let's just cut that one out in the future, I feel. Nah. You're better off just asking... Why did you stop reading this one, Phil? Because you're going to get an actual response there if I stop reading one. But anyway, would I buy it? No. It, it's fine. It's all right. As you say, the fact it's sci-fi differentiates it from all the other fantasy isekai 
makes it feel different. But it is otherwise just your box standard isekai, really. The art was not particularly spectacular, in my opinion. While I didn't have any trouble following the fights myself, I found I could go a lot of pages without seeing a background. Like, you might get some patterned backgrounds or tone or whatever you call it, but there wouldn't be any, like, buildings or anything when he's on the space station, for example. Would I watch it? Eh, Maybe. Again, I agree with what you sort of said, Sean. Like, be interesting to see how it looks animated when you've got all these space fights going on. But, yeah, yeah, about... Say so it's it's all right, all right, all right. There you go. So we're all in agreement. Six out of ten. Not terrible, but could be better. But you know, uh, if it's the choice between this and the other guys we covered in year two, uh, yeah, I'll take this one. Sure. Uh, what other guys have we done besides Black Sumner? Uh, the shitty Wuxia one. Ah, so you accept that's an Iskai now. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't allow me to have another <laughs> argument on that, so sure. Uh, slime, spy. Oh wait, no, spider. Yeah, okay. I forgot. Sli- we did uh, those. Slime and spider. Okay, yeah. Those were this year. Yeah. Um, let, let's ignore those. For let's ignore those because me and you will both be biased to them. Um, Black Sabbath. Uh, I know there's another one. Oh, Vida of Hila. <laughs> yeah, technically counts. <laughs> okay, it's an so... guy, sort of. <laughs> it it is reincarnated. Con- He's con- not reincarnated. Travel? Yeah, it's not through space. It's through time. <laughs> time yeah. travel. Yeah. I I don't know if I'd call it an isekai, but Close I enough. also I also wouldn't complain at someone calling. It I also isekai. wouldn't read it. So also, also yeah, that, yeah, yeah, don't. So uh, <laughs> this or Black Summoner? I think I would prefer Black Summoner. I feel they're both in the six out of ten bracket for me. I would I would think Black Summoner's a little better than this. I don't know if I'd say it was a 7 out of 10 or anything, but 6.5. I was going to say, start doing 0.5. Like, let's just... Like, Black, Black Summoner, I preferred the art. I generally... I generally preferred it, I suppose. He only has one slave in that. Oh, that's better, is it? That, that, that's, that instantly makes it... 50% more redeemable. 50%, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like you should be quantifying the point of quantifying the number of slaves. Yeah, it's let's not let's let's just say it's all bad. It is all bad. And speaking of things that are all bad, Mike, where can they watch you online? Rude, but uh, they can watch me on twitch.tv slash berserkra b r s e k r e r. And they can find me at Twitter, the same name, B-E-R-S-E-K-R-E-R. I, I, I do also want to highlight, that's, that's a joke, Mike is amazing, you should definitely follow and watch him. <laughs> I, I don't know, oh, I've watched him play games. Oh, I'm not saying the gameplay is amazing, just the uh, stream. Uh, right, okay. You guys are dicks. Yes. <laughs> played Apex with you, Mike. <laughs> <sighs> I'm good at that game. I was going to say, you're, you're actually not that bad. <laughs> you're better than me. <laughs> but I'm also on a controller on PC. So, you know, I'm already at a handicap. <laughs> Phil, buddy old pal. Uh-huh. Favourite sci-fi thing? Favourite sci-fi thing? Book, movie, 
series, whatever. Man, that's that's a very broad. Oof. Uh, it, clear, clearly, it's uh, the thing we read today, whatever that was called. Cl- cl- yeah, cl- cl- no. Uh, uh, no, fucking no. Firefly. Sure. Probably. And presumably, it's Firefly or Stargate. I, I really don't know. <laughs> You're asking a very broad question there. Favorite sci-fi thing: the lightsaber. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's more that that covers a lot of media. Generally, people know what their favorite thing. <laughs> I sure, but it's not something I tend to think about. What my favorite sci-fi thing is. And now you are. I, the point is, I don't care enough to think. I don't care enough to think. <laughs> now, listen to the next episode of the Trash Manga Friends podcast. Yes. Yes. You can follow me at SlazerKing, S-L-A-Z-O-K-I-N-G, for my usual terrible opinions on gacha, anime, books, etc., whatever I'm reading or consuming at the time. And you can follow the podcast as a whole at Trash MangaCast to be kept up to date with what's currently happening and what cool stuff there is to look forward to. Of course, the other way to be notified the moment an episode goes live is to subscribe. We're on Apple, we're on Google, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the one I've forgotten, Spotify. Spotify, the most popular one. Weird that I forgot it. So we are on all of those. Don't forget to follow, rate, subscribe, and tell your friends. And what? I mean, it's it's funny that we did it in this episode, considering uh, next episode is 42, which would have been far more appropriate for a sci-fi. But uh, Phil, what is happening next time when we discover the answers to the life, the universe, and everything else? Next time, we are reading... Kimi wa zero zero hachi. You are double o eight. Well, damn! I didn't know I was double o eight, but now I am. Time to go. Uh, kill some fools. That that's it. You are an eight out of a hundred. <clears throat> oh. Or nine hundred and ninety nine actually. So eight out of a thousand. Well, fuck me, I guess. No, don't think I will at an eight. You, you wait, one day you'll be in 500 grand of debt, and then I'll pay One, one day I'll have to pay 5 million anals. You couldn't leave it alone, could you? <laughs> have to bring it back. <sighs> See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye.